No Green Eggs and Ham, a podcast about nothing and everything. It's not a show where I take jabs at the infamous Dr. Seuss, but where I tell stories, share some writings, and dive into topics like art, weird inventions, pop culture, and anything having to do with cubby-wubby room room tea. throw on some clothes, grab a coffee, and ignore your responsibilities as you listen to the just okay sounds of your host, me, Sam I Am. Here we go. Okay, let's talk about Colorado. When I was a kid, my family used to go to Colorado quite often. Um, There was usually like our summer vacations or fall vacations, spring break. We would just go to Colorado and... uh, Basically, hike is mostly what we did. Um, you know, there's sites to see, like the zoo and, you know, other things. But we would mostly hike around, um, let's see, we, we like Estes Park and, you know, just outskirts of Denver, basically. And um, I, I think what we did, and I can't remember exactly, but I think we would, like, get... Um, not not a hotel, but like some kind of like cabin type thing, but like group cabins. So it's not like you're remote from other people. But um, you know, it, whatever it was, it was nice. I remember one time we had like a jacuzzi in in, uh, in the room. Uh, that was pretty cool. I think I don't I don't remember. I don't think I actually used it, but um, it was always a memorable experience going to Colorado. Um, I I remember like I used to love rocks. I still do. I, you know, not love them, but my kids love rocks. Uh, but I remember collecting rocks and I would wear, um, cargo shorts. So I'd have the front pockets on the, on the bottom. And I would usually have those completely filled after a whole day of walking. I mean, my, my father would have us walking miles upon miles up and down hills. It's just all day long was just, just hiking. And I would have my my pockets completely filled, and you know, thankfully I was in martial arts, so like my legs, you know, I was used to using them, and like they were you know pretty muscular. Um, I'm not not bragging; it's just my legs were were big, and this just helped. <laughs> Basically, hiking with pounds and pounds of rocks will build up legs, but I was always tired by the end of the day. <laughs> like or like trail behind you know like why are you so far back and here i am trudging with you know 20 pounds worth of rocks in my pockets um but i remember there was oftentimes when we would be hiking and we would come up like you'd be hiking for hours going up this hill and all of a sudden you come to this clearing and there's like a lake at the top of like the summit it's like some of the most picturesque like backgrounds you've ever seen. And there was one time in particular where we were hiking for a good two hours. And when we're about to get up to this little location where there, there definitely is a lake, um, before you continue your hike up further, there's like a little, I guess maybe it wasn't a lake. It was like a pond, but quite big. Um, as we get up to the clearing and just see the water, all of a sudden like there's crackle of thunder. And 
um, then it just starts hailing and we have to book it out of there because there's something about being up in the mountains and during a lightning storm is just much worse. Like it, you have a higher risk of getting struck by lightning if you're closer to it. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Science, right? So we would run down and there's other people that are going up and then like because my father had three kids with him and, and my mom, I guess we were we would take a little bit longer than others. So like we'd have couples that pass us going up and we're coming back down like kind of hurried. And then a few minutes later, you find those people like booking past us. Like so I, I'm not sure exactly what came of that. Obviously, I'm still alive. So and we didn't we didn't die or anything. But um, it was just one of those rare things. So it, it was there was like no rain in the forecast as far as I know. And then all of a sudden it just started booming and for a couple hours it was torrential and there's big big pieces of hail falling down and I, I think we got to the car before we actually got in too much trouble and got off the mountain but as soon as we got off the mountain everything seemed fine um, I remember going to Pikes Peak once um, it's the tallest I'm assuming the tallest place you can go to in Colorado at least around the Denver area. And you would drive up and at the summit, there's like a gift shop and you can walk around and you have a 360 degree view of, of the whole area around you. And it kind of looks like a desert, the top. Um, it's all dirt and stuff. And, and so you stay up there for a little bit. It's incredibly windy. It's because you're so high up. The wind is so powerful. And then on the way down, it's pretty sketchy going up and down because there are no like guard railings. And, um, I actually saw, uh, a race being done, not, not live, but on TV, you can look it up like race. They do races up and down these Hills. And it's like, how do they not just fly off the cliff? Um, but on the way down, there's like a halfway point where they check your brakes because I mean, it's just so steep and you're not going fast, but you're using the brakes constantly. So if your brakes are too hot, they'd have you get out and you have to wait like an hour. So basically you just, you, there's like a, a cabin you can go into with like a little wreck area. And then there's like a, you can go into the woods a little bit and you, you, you hear a stream and you get to go down and look at it and stuff like that. So we had to do that. Our brakes were too hot. Um, that was fun. And around that area is also a, uh, a series of caves. You can actually go into the caves. Um, we did not go. We went to the place. And in fact, uh, on our honeymoon, years, years later, my wife and I went to the same exact cave system. And it happened to be that we, we were there at the very end of the day. So we couldn't go into the cave, which kind of stinks. It's like a ride you go into. Uh, so I still have never been there. But um, there's a lot to do in, in that particular area. There was a gift shop for Pikes Peak. The Pikes Peak actually also, side note, has like a, a trolley you can take up. So you can actually take the scenic route up and um, they have a, a train line that goes all the way to the top. Um, so there's a gift shop there. Uh, I actually, when I was a kid, got a soap dish made out of, um, was it when I was a kid? This might have been when we were married. I think it was when we were married. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Everything just kind of meshes together. Um, we got this soap dish made out of this rock and, and it was, it's really cool. Uh, however, didn't know it, but the, the, this pink center 
It's like a reddish pink center. I thought it was part of the rock, but when um, you put it in the shower, it starts to bleed. So obviously it's not real. It's uh, <laughs> Somebody added that to the end. So it's it's not good for, for soap. It's, it's just good for uh, looking at. Um, so on several occasions, we would go to these different mountain mountain paths and uh we would the whole time i mean i i come from a family of three brothers and we're boys and you just it's hard not to throw rocks i mean i i know girls too cuz my girls they throw rocks and so often we would like pick up rocks and like throw them into the woods or something or or if we're at a lake we'd like try to skip rocks and we always got in trouble my dad's a very big nature guy, and he lo- he loves animals, and he wants to see them. He wants to see them in the wild. He wants to hear them, and so we had to be quiet the entire time. We couldn't we couldn't talk. We couldn't throw rocks. Anytime we made a noise, we would get shushed or yelled at <laughs> because it's, it's like I don't know. It was very difficult being uh, three boys being forced to hike for miles and miles all day long on a vacation um, and not being able to do what comes naturally, which is throw rocks at things. You know, we're up in a cliff, you know, up in the mountains. You want to throw rocks down because you're looking straight down and you want to throw rocks. Do you want to throw rocks? So we'd throw rocks, but then we'd have to do it like we would sometimes be strategic and we'd back off. And then if my dad went around a corner, like the trail just like, kind of goes to the right we'd back off a little bit be quiet and like toss rocks but he still heard it he still heard it which makes sense because there's nothing else going on except silence and you know birds chirping and stuff but you hear rocks because honestly we we sometimes look for the biggest rocks and like they're practically little boulders so you just toss them down and it's like you're you're hitting tree (laughs) you're hitting trees like boom 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 so obviously it's a we weren't that good at being a uh, covert but I, I never got like why couldn't we throw rocks like skip rocks in a lake but i guess he wanted to see fish and stuff or he was hoping that he would find a deer like just drinking from the water but here you have three psychopath boys ruining your moment whatever there's a place called seven falls which is a little space where there's actually like seven waterfalls are kind of it's all part of one waterfall but they're you know different levels so you get to you can climb all the way up i've never been up it i've been to this location at least three times and i've never actually hiked up i think one time i went with my wife on our honeymoon and it started raining and you're not allowed to go when it's raining that it's just too dangerous but you can go into this elevator and it takes you up to this little viewpoint where you can you know kind of see like halfway um, which is beautiful. Like the whole thing is gorgeous because it's the drive to it is very windy and you're going through like this cave system, not cave system, but like a mountain system. And you're basically like either side of you is like cliffs. And then you get to the location. And it's very like almost like a Zen garden, like in a faraway land. And it's, Again, you're surrounded by a cliff on each side, and you look up, and you can see the waterfall at the very end of the... It's like it's kind of where the the road comes to an end, you know? And like the mountain, each each cliff side kind of meets, and, and uh, 
that's where the waterfall comes down and you get to witness that. Um, but it's very serene and they have, of course, um, a place where you can buy stuff. And my wife and I, you know, we, we like shops like that. So that was entertaining. Um, but as a kid, we went there and I, I don't know why we didn't go up. Maybe it was, you had to pay extra. I don't, I I can't remember, but still to this day, I've never been there. Um, a couple times we went to uh, Garden of the Gods, which is actually on the way to the Seven Falls. And it, it it looks like you're in a desert at this point. It looks like you're in a part of Arizona and red rocks and stuff. And you look at this, um, they call it the Garden of the Gods because there's this uh, like cliff, not cliff, but like this, this little range inside this little park um, that it kind of looks like camel humps and like a camel head at the end and it's very interesting. You get to walk around it and I don't know that you get to go up. Uh, I'm sure there's probably some pathway. Uh, we went there on our honeymoon as well. And, um, that was entertaining. I don't know the point of all this. What is the point of all this? Colorado's great. Go to Colorado. Um, but okay. So probably my favorite part of Colorado is a town called Breckenridge. And it's a little ski town. Uh, during off season, it's it's more quiet than it would be, you know, at the at the peak. And but they have a ton of little shops and little restaurants and bars and just places to to visit. And it's a really nice place to go. Um, and it's it's very high up. And it's at a at a point where a lot of Colorado Colorado a lot of Colorado is like this where if you're not used to the elevation, you can get um, elevation sickness quite easily. And, you know, you, you kind of see purple and you get dizzy. And it's it's a lot like um, sunstroke. So you have to be very careful. You have to drink. You have to kind of get your body used to the elevation, you know, with breathing and stuff like that. Um, so Breckenridge is, is quite high. Uh, I think it's somewhere around 9,000 square feet. Not square feet. 9,000 9, feet above sea level. Um, but, and that's not even where the, the skiing is. The skiing is, is much further up. So my wife and I walked around that, that area and you get to see this like stream coming through the town and, you know, they have fish in there and you see all these locals, but a lot of the, the place is kind of like, like uh, Times Square where most of the people there aren't, locals they're they're tourists so it's it's a lot of that um but you do when you go to the restaurant those are all locals and you get to hear some of the stories and you know that's where we found out about uh elevation sickness and what you should do and this guy was really cool um he was like yeah you see purple every once in a while i don't drink enough and i see purple and (laughs) it's just like okay um but you, you get dizzy and stuff. And you start seeing spots. I guess it's different from different people. But um, that that is an amazing town to go to. It's very. It takes a while to go. If you're staying in Denver, which I recommend staying in Denver because there's so much to do, especially now. I mean, Denver is a huge up and coming metropolis. You know, when we went on our honeymoon, it was still it was like the underground scene was really awesome. Like um, my cousin, my cousins at the time lived there. 
Um, and you know, the husband was a musician and his wife was into arts and design and stuff like that. So they, they were really tapped into the underground scene of music and art. So if you're a part of that, there's a lot to take in. There's a lot to, to, um, um, you know, there's a lot to do. And that was back then, but now it's, it's different. There's, you know, that's more of the culture is, is art and music and, you know, uh, tech companies and stuff like that. I mean, this is going to be like the next, you know, um, Los Angeles or whatever. I don't know. Silicon Valley. And, um, but okay. So I would stay in Denver and then when you drive out, cause you have to visit the mountains, um, I'd go to Breckenridge, Estes Park. Um, we went to Estes Park a lot as a kid, but, um, my cousins, you know, when we went on our honeymoon, they said, no, nah, it's for old people now. So I'm not sure if that's still the case. Some people go to Boulder. I think Boulder's kind of weird. I, I've been there, I believe once, um, but as a kid and I don't really remember it, but there's, there's a ton of places to go. I mean, you can, you can drive past Breckenridge and go to Aspen, you know, if you're skiing, obviously that's probably one of the highlights, but Aspen's more expensive. So if you go to Breckenridge, you know, on a budget, you can, you can definitely have a good time there. Um, I love it, especially Denver. Denver's amazing. You know, the food, the arts, the music, um, I would definitely be a part of that. Uh, if you can just go visit and it's amazing. You never know who you're going to run into. I don't know if I shared this yet. I may have, but there was one time we were, we were with my cousin and he was actually performing that night with his band. And we were, I think I was with him and my wife was with his, his wife. They were shopping. And I went with him and we were, you know, um, I think we're picking up something for that night. I think um, something about t-shirts and, or some kind of merch. We go to this house and this guy has, a, he, he looks like a surfer. And he takes us into his basement and his basement was just redone. And like there was records everywhere, like LPs, vinyls everywhere. He had a custom built cabinet system with uh, the decks everywhere. It was really quite amazing. He took us to his garage. It was all rebuilt with this really nice convertible in there. And it was a very tiny, modest house. And I remember when we left... Um, I was talking to my cousin cause all the guy did was basically make t-shirts for bands around the area, which the, granted there are a lot of local bands, but he also wouldn't charge very much and his wife wasn't doing anything. And so I said to my cousin, I was like, what is, what does he do? Like, how does he live here and do all this stuff? And my cousin said, Hey, I've, have you ever heard of Wells Fargo? I said, yeah, of course the bank. He said, yeah, he's the grandson of one of the owners. I was like <laughs> what? <laughs> like this, this guy was like a surfer and he was making t-shirts for bands. And now I knew why, like the guy was worth eight figures and just very down to earth. We saw him later that night. Um, we all hung out and had pizza and, <clears throat> and we had drinks while the band played very nice guy. 
Um, but there's so many, like you never know who you're going to meet. And this guy ended up like he would buy ice cream for the neighborhood. Like the kids would come by and an ice cream truck would come and he would just buy for every, all the kids. And he would do lots of great stuff for people and he would help promote bands and, um, local, the local art scene. He would give into that and very cool dude. Um, yeah. So Colorado, if, if you ever have a chance, if you're not sure where to go, go there. I mean, it, yeah, it's in the middle of America, but it's, there's so much to see and do there. The scenery alone is just breathtaking. Um, if you're not good with heights, um, don't sit in the passenger seat of a car. Be the driver <laughs> because it's 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 nerve wracking. Because um, oftentimes you're going up a hill, and if you're in the passenger seat, you can see down to the bottom, or what you think might be the bottom. It's probably much further down, but it's it's not good. If you have trouble with heights, don't go. I guess is the moral of the story. My wife and I went to uh, the zoo over there, which is in the, in the face of a mountain. And I, I know I've told this before, but it's worth saying again. Um, and while we're at the zoo, this is this is a really cool zoo. It's over by, I think, who was it? Will Rogers' grave was up the hill from there, and it's around the Seven Falls area. And uh, you get to feed giraffes there. Like, that's the very first thing you do. You you go into the zoo, and you're, you immediately go onto this little deck and then there you get to just feed giraffes and it's really cool watching their tongues like wrap around your hand just to get a piece of food um and while we're there the clouds start coming in the weather changes like like almost immediately and then it starts to rain and we we leave and instead of going down the mountain we decided to go up that's probably my fault um but i don't know maybe my wife wanted to see something but or just see where it goes. It was just us. So it, it's not like we had anybody else with us. But we go up this... Um, we go up. And it starts on a on a gravel... Not a gravel road. Uh, a paved road. And then turns into... Immediately just turns into gravel. And then it turns into like this red clayish type of dirt. And there... It's a very narrow laned road. So much so that's like if you're coming around the corner, you might not be able to fit two cars. So you better take it slowly. And there are no guard railings. My wife was never more nervous about driving than that day. And she was in the passenger seat. And honestly, I was kind of uh, unnerved by it as well. And we're going up this this um, this hill and there's really nothing there. There's no signs for anything. I think we were... I think we were trying to find wherever this uh, grave site was for um, is Will Rogers or something. I think it was Will Rogers. And we didn't see signs that, that said this way. It's just It was the only road that was going to the zoo and up the hill. And so it had to be. But it was like a couple houses here and there. Um, only on the left-hand side, obviously. There's nothing on the right. And... At one point, I'm like, we're turning around because the weather's getting worse. The road is getting worse. Let's get out of here. And we turn around, which was very difficult because, like I said, there's a couple houses here and there, but it's gated. So, like, there's really no way to turn around. Um, and if someone's coming around that corner, they're going to hit you and or they're going to veer off the road <laughs> and go down the cliff. 
So on the way down, it was much worse. Like we're hugging the wall. But even then, you know, every once in a while you go around this bend and then all of a sudden there's a car right there. We almost got in a couple accidents with a couple cars coming up. Uh, thankfully, the traffic wasn't much. I mean, there was a handful of cars and that was it. But my wife was like, I'm done. <laughs> and I, and honestly, I was too. I mean, a lot of our driving in Colorado was very sketchy. Um, there are main roads you can take that go through mountains. And we took the paths that went over them because I wanted my wife to see it. Should have went through the mountains. That, that probably would have been better. But, you know, it is what it is. I still recommend going. Just, uh, you know, take it easy. Go slow. And uh, don't take a, a Dodge Charger. We rented a, a Dodge Charger, which, granted, had a limiter on it because it was a rental. But um, it still had a lot of power. And uh, power plus hairline turns around a mountain without guardrails doesn't mix. So be careful. I'm going to read you a letter. Gentlemen, I have perused your late mathematical prize question, proposed in lieu of one in natural philosophy for the ensuing year, vis-a-vis una figare. Okay, so this isn't, it's not actually Italian. It's actually French, and I had to translate it. So uh, hold on, I have that. Okay, so this is the translation. For any figure given, we ask to write as many times as possible any other smaller figure which is also given. Going back to the story, or the letter. I was glad to find by these following words, here's the second part of it, the Academy judged that this, that this discovery, by extending the limits of our knowledge, would not be without utility. That's the rest of the French that's in it. Continuing on. That you esteem utility an essential point in your inquiries, which has not always been the case with all academies. And I conclude, therefore, that you have given this question instead of a philosophical or, as the learned express it, a physical one, because you could not at the time think of a physical one that promised greater utility. Permit me, then, humbly to propose one of that sort of your consideration and through you, if you approve it, for the serious inquiry of learned physicians, chemists, etc. of this enlightened age. It is universally well known that in digesting our common food there is created or produced in the bowels of human creatures a great quantity of wind that the permitting this air to escape and mix with the atmosphere is usually offensive to the company from the fetid smell that accompanies it. That all well-bred people, therefore, to avoid giving such offense, forcibly restrain the efforts of nature to discharge that wind. That so retained contrary to nature, it not only gives frequently great present pain, but occasions future diseases such as habitual colics, ruptures, tympanies, etc., often destructive of the constitution and sometimes of life itself. Were it not for the odiously offensive smell accompanying such escapes, 
polite people would probably be under no more restraint in discharging such wind in company than they are in spitting or in blowing their noses. My prize question, therefore, should be to discover some drug wholesome and not disagreeable to be mixed with our common food or sauces that shall render the natural discharges of wind from our bodies not only inoffensive but agreeable as perfumes. That this is not a chimerical project and altogether impossible may appear from these considerations, that we already have some knowledge of means capable of varying that smell. He that dines on stale flesh, especially with much addition of onions, shall be able to afford a stink that no company can tolerate, while he that has lived for some time on vegetables only shall have that breath so pure as to be insensible to the most delicate noses. And if he can manage so as to avoid the report, he may anywhere give vent to his griefs unnoticed. But as there are many to whom an entire vegetable diet would be inconvenient, and as little quick lime thrown into a jakes will correct the amazing quantity of fetid air arising from the vast mass of putrid matter contained in such places, and render it rather pleasing to the smell, who knows but that a little powder of lime, or some other thing equivalent, taken in our food, or perhaps a glass of lime water drank at dinner, may have the same effect on the air produced in and is issuing from our bowels. This is worth the experiment. Certain it is also that we have the power of changing by slight means the smell of another discharge, that of our water. A few stems of asparagus eaten shall give our, your urine a disagreeable odor, and a pill of turpentine no bigger than a pea shall bestow on it the pleasing smell of violets. And why should it be thought more impossible in nature to find means of making a perfume of our wind than of our water. For the encouragement of this inquiry, from the immortal honor to be reasonably expected by the inventor, let it be considered of how small importance to mankind, or to how small a part of mankind have been useful those discoveries in science that have hereto therefore made philosophers famous. Are there twenty men in Europe at this day, the happier, or even the easier, for any knowledge that they have picked out of Aristotle? What comfort can the vortices of Descartes give to a man who has whirlwinds in his bowels? The knowledge of Newton's mutual attraction of the particles of matter can it afford ease to him who is racked by their mutual repulsion and the cruel distensions it occasions? The pleasure arising to a few philosophers from seeing, a few times in their life, the threads of light untwisted and separated by the Newtonian prism into seven colors, can it be compared with the ease and comfort every man living might feel seven times a day by discharging freely the wind from his bowels? Especially if it be converted into a perfume. For the pleasures of one sense being little inferior to those of another, instead of pleasing the sight, he might delight the smell of those about him, and make numbers happy, which to a benevolent mind must afford infinite satisfaction. The generous soul, 
who now endeavors to find out whether the friends he entertains like best claret or burgundy, champagne or Madeira, would then inquire also whether they choose musk or lily, rose or bergamot, and provide accordingly. And surely such a liberty of expressing one's sentiments and pleasing one another is of infinitely more importance to human happiness than that liberty of the press or of abusing one another, which the English are so ready to fight and die for. In short, this invention, if completed, would be, as Bacon expresses it, bringing philosophy home to men's business and bosoms. And I cannot but conclude that in comparison therewith, for universal and continual utility, the science of the philosophers above mentioned, even with the addition, gentlemen, of your figure qualicant and the figures inscribed in it, are altogether scarcely worth a farting. Signed, Benjamin Franklin. And that was taken from his essay entitled, Fart Proudly. Enough said. You're welcome. And that's it for this week's episode. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen to me ramble on. I greatly appreciate everyone that has uh, has followed me throughout this uh, weird journey. And uh, I just ask that you continue to do so. Please like and subscribe whenever platform you use to listen to it leave me a review a question a comment something you hate about it an idea even i don't you know whatever i'm up for anything go to nogreeneggs.com go to the comment section leave a detailed message and i'll address it um, if you have questions comments i'll read them online answer them online I'm looking forward to the future of this because I do have a couple people that are uh, lined up to do an episode. I have a friend that I'm helping out. He's going to be starting his own podcast and we're going to start with a very first episode for him with me and him talking and, uh, you know, it should be a great time and uh, hopefully we're going to turn something into like a monthly little project between him and I uh, for it. So anyway, thank you again and see you, not see you. This has been another episode of No Green Eggs. Editing is done by Eovino Consulting. Producers for the show are me, myself, and I. The musical director is Donnie Ronaldo, who wrote and performed the theme song on a guitar that I gave him because I don't know how to play. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you're using to listen to us ramble on about nothing and share the podcast with your friends. You can also send us a message or submit a question through nogreeneggs.com or by emailing us at nogreeneggspodcast at gmail.com.